Welcome to the Metal Hammer Podcast, episode 114. I'm Mo. I'm joined by Deputy Editor of Metal Hammer, Miss Eleanor Goodman. How are you doing, Elle? I'm okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing, Elle? I just fell over on my kitchen floor <laughs> and it made me sad. We had to slightly delay the podcast because Elle informed us there had been an accident. <laughs> uh, I'm also joined by Metal Hammer Reviews Editor, Jonathan Seltzer. Hello, Jonathan. Hello. Uh, we have a load of good stuff to talk through today. Uh, let's start with the latest issue of Metal Hammer. That's still out now. Came out last week. Uh, it's a hell of a read. We appreciate everyone that's picking up the issue in whatever way they can at the moment. Appreciate it's not the easiest thing in the world to uh, to pick up a magazine. And um, you know, as I said last week, if you happen to be able to pick it up when you're out, we love you very much. Or you can get it downloaded straight to your iPad and all the rest of it. Like I say all the time. Uh, but it does feature an awesome, bombastic, world-exclusive interview with Lamb of God's Randy Blythe. Uh, we count down the 50 greatest metal bands ever, as voted for by you guys. Some big debate this week about baby metal being included on that list. We didn't pick it. The readers did. What can we say? Uh, we did a great feature at home with Ice-T that sounds as weird and fun as, uh, as it would, just by that header. Um, we grill the crap out of Nurgle over all the stuff he's been... Uh, caught out saying and, and put it into the media in the recent years uh we got a really cool interview with head from corn that l did that's great fun there's loads of great stuff in there it's out right now um it is absolutely worth your time if you're looking for something cool and fun to read while we all remain in uh, in lockdown um let's get the kind of one bit of uh, of bad news out of the way although there's a there's a good silver lining to it uh, bloodstock got cancelled this week officially i guess that's not really a surprise at this stage is it kind of suspected that would happen no i'll be very surprised if any festivals happen this year i think we all knew it was going to happen but it's always a bit sad when you hear things confirmed yeah totally it kind of puts it in black and white it's kind of relief as well so you just you're just not caught on the tender hook i mean you know i've had two of my favorite festivals in august cancelled which is midgosh blood and beyond the gates but um at least you know you know yeah, exactly. Exactly. We know, and and it was a hard decision that um, a lot of festivals had to make. But I think we all know that it was the best one to make. The good news is that they've already reannounced for next year, and not only are they back next year, but they're back next year with five days from August 11th to August 15th, a five-day bloodstock next year, the biggest bloodstock ever. And on top of that, they've managed to get the mass majority of the lineup back for next year as well. So we're still going to get to see the likes of Devin Townsend, Judas Priest. Saxon, Paradise Lost, Skin Dread, Barry Tomorrow, so many great names on there. You can see them all on the, uh, on the Bloodstock website. I know that there's a lot of questions about how ticket rollovers and things like that will work as well. Um, you can also go um, check out Bloodstock's website and all their social media, and they're answering all the questions on that. Uh, but yeah, summer, 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 summer 2021 is going to be a big one, isn't it? It is. I'm excited for it. And I'd already gone online and voted for the songs I want to hear on Devin Townsend's set. So that's going to be something to look forward to next year. It is. Loads of stuff to look forward to next year, for sure. Um, what else has been going on this week? Lithuania and Denmark are doing drive-by concerts. Have you guys seen this? This is very I don't think strange. it's drive-by. I think it's drive-through. Drive-through, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very different thing. Um, yeah. Drive-through concerts. Uh, so yeah, they, uh, they've done a couple of gigs where people can drive up in their cars, all parked, um, kind of socially distant away from each other uh, while someone plays on stage. And to be honest, it looked absolutely batshit. What did you guys think about this? 
I think it's super cool, but it really sucks if you're all of us because none of us have cars. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. So it's like I don't actually have. I have like one friend with a car who lives on the other side of the city. Um, so it would kind of suck. I don't know how Uber's operating at the moment, but I'd have to get like an Uber and pay them a million pounds. Or yeah, something. I was going to say like, that's pricey. <laughs> to like sit there for. <laughs> two hours or something unless it's like drive through cinemas because i think you could walk up to them as well couldn't you if there's like a little bit of grass on the on the front of the arena or something you can just like rock up two meters apart and sit there with a little you know hip flask that'd be okay that'd be all right yeah i mean it's it's definitely an interesting one that the, the clip i saw it was for like a an electronic gig and uh it um it, you know had a big full proper edm show i can't remember the name of the artist now but there was one point where like the drop was happening and all these lasers were going off and this big beat was kicking off and all the people in the car seemed to be beeping at the same time. I think some alarms might have even gone off at one point. I was just like, what's going on here? This looks absolutely insane. But, um, you know, if that's how we have to do gigs at some point, then we'll do it. Damn it. Whatever means we can get to gigs again in a safe way as soon as possible, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. We'd have to get like, I don't know. I definitely think it'd be cool if they had sit through bits as well <laughs> yeah i would i would prefer that too as a fellow non-driver um it's a cool idea isn't it yeah exactly i, I don't know if either of you guys caught the deftones uh anniversary listening party thing that they did um diamond eyes turned 10 this week how crazy is that what a record i yeah, didn't actually record? catch the listening party this is a bit lame but it was at 2 a.m and i was really tired so i didn't stay up for it but i listened That's to fair the- enough, <laughs> I listened to the album that day and there's so many amazing songs in it it was just and then I just started listening to Deftones and I've just listened all the way through all of Deftones albums yeah. trying to work out I'm not a list person but I'm trying to work out what my list would be if I had to put them in order I mean I uh, pretty up there you're definitely the 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 Deftones fan on Team Hammer um but I have to say as someone that's not like a diehard fan after White Pony, Diamond Eyes is pretty much always the album I go to. It's just a phenomenal record. So like emotionally heavy and just beautiful. Like all the textures on it are just incredible. Um, yeah. And 10 years old as well. I think it's, it's, I think it's generally regarded quite high up in their back catalogue, isn't it? I think most yeah, I think so. pretty near the podium. Yeah, I think so. Um, it obviously got a lot of attention at the time because it was the first one that had Sergio Vega on it um, mm. rather than Chi Chang. Um, so yeah, it got a lot of attention at the time and it does still sound incredible. Like, I just love some of the songs on it, like Rocket Skates. That's amazing. Yeah, great tune. Command Control. What a song. Yes. You've seen The Butcher. That's my favorite song on that album. The riff so on it. So good. Oh. It's like sinister, but like beautiful. It's great. Absolutely, mate. Absolute banger of an album um yeah i don't know if you can if it's possible to rewatch the deftones thing but if not just go listen to that album again yeah basically um <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have been going on metallica uploading more stuff i've got to say such a huge shout out to metallica because these shows they're putting up every monday are so good and uh, i mean they're one of my favorite bands so it's easy for me to say i guess but i'll just never get bored of watching their videos because each gig has its own flavor each gig has its own set list they're all from different eras, so it's really interesting to see uh, the kind of songs they'll play at different points and the kind of form they're on. This week, they uploaded the uh, famous House of Vans set from 2016, 
onto YouTube. Um, for those that don't know, House of Vans is, is this venue in London that's about, what, five, six, seven hundred capacity? Something like that? Tiny. Um, and Metallica played it as, a, as, a, as their way of kind of officially kicking off the hardwired era in the UK. Um, and it just sounds absolutely great. They start with Bread Fan, which is just such a killer song to start with and so out of left field for them to do that. Uh, they started with that as well when I saw them the same year at a small gig in New York where they basically did the same thing there. Um, and it's just such a cool thing, man. The whole set's great as well. Like Hardwired sounds absolutely colossal. Uh, the band sounds on brilliant form and it just looks like, I mean, it's Metallica in a tiny venue. It's just amazing. So I strongly recommend people go and, go and check that out if they haven't yet. Um, and It's amazing. Sorry, go on. No, it's just amazing about Metallica, like how kind of scalable they are, how amazingly well they work in big and small venues. Um, I mean, obviously, we're, a lot of us were there at, um, down, uh, at Download when they did the secret, secret show. Well, not, not so secret show. L wasn't. I know. <laughs> L went to see Evanescence. Oh. But I, I guess it, it must have been like... Two, it must have been about 2003. One of the best jobs I ever got was for a, a, another magazine. And um, there was that time when Metallica played three shows in Paris in one day. Wow. Like, um, starting, starting off at a 300 uh, capacity venue. Uh, I can't remember the name of the, the second bit. I think they played the Bataclan at some point. Oh, wow. And, and each show was just like incredible. Um, actually, yeah, just... The moments were just absolutely lost my shit. There's something so like primal about the early the early stuff. There's something so epic about you know the mid period stuff as well too. Uh, didn't play too much off San Angelo, which is fine by me. Uh, <laughs> but it was just um, just being there is just absolutely incredible. But just in small and big venues as well too. But I just love the fact they do it. They they really don't have to do that, Metallica. They have no reason to do that at all. And I think they genuinely get a kick out of it as well. Like they're a band that. Just that, like whenever you see them in a slightly smaller venue, um, like I said, I saw them in the, uh, it was in Webster Hall in New York on that same album um, cycle as House of Van set, a slightly bigger venue, but it's still like just under a thousand, I think. And you can just see them be that tiny bit more fired up. I think they really do genuinely get a hit off that kind of more like punky, like raw um, set that they occasionally pull out. Uh, yeah, just the best band and so cool that they're pulling out all this stuff as so many metal bands are, to keep us all entertained during lockdown. It's just awesome. Um, did you guys know that Friday is apparently Motorhead Day now? This is a thing? I mean, I did know about it, but I'm not really sure why. Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, it's the 40th anniversary of Ace of Spades this year. Um, Ace of Spades wasn't released uh, this month. It was released, um, I think, in November or near the end of the year. But uh, because, um, you know, it's the 8th of May on Friday. So it's like the 8th of May. The eighth of May. The eighth of May. Yeah, there, yeah. There's a lot of pleasure to be had from. There's a lot of pleasure to be had from the same things to the tune of breaking the law. And I think Ace of Spades. You know, as long as you've got the right number of syllables, that's also incredibly satisfying. We're just working it, yeah. So now, yeah, it's been anointed. Uh, Motorhead Day is the eighth of May from now forward. Apparently, this is this is what Motorhead are telling us. So I'm cool with it, man. I'm going to wear a Motorhead T-shirt. I'm going to play some Motorhead. I've even ordered some Motorhead beers that are actually going <laughs> to my house. So I'm going all, all in on this. Any excuse to just be excited about Motorhead is cool with me. So I guess, uh, yeah, people listening want to join in. Friday, get your, get your Motorhead T-shirts on. We're doing this. It's a bank holiday as well. 
exactly i mean i think it's meant to be ve day but you know motorhead day that could be a thing yeah definitely motorhead day um all classically british very classically british uh i think you know being able to sit safely in wherever you're able to sit crack open a beer listen to some motorhead that there could be worse ways to spend the bank holiday i reckon we recommend it very much um and in more cool stuff that the music industry is doing universal have launched a series of band branded face masks to raise money for musicians charities um so these are you know like the face masks that we all should be wearing uh, when we're out and about at the moment um and it includes the likes of black sabbath slipknot and queen uh, so if you fancy like a little black sabbath face mask to wear whether out and about or just in the comfort of your own home because it looks cool um head to metalhammer.com and got all the details on that there uh, and as I said, money raised for charity too, which is good. I got one. Did you? What did you get? Slipknot. Yeah. <laughs> What's on it's the just, Slipknot one? Just the logo. Oh, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be fine. Yeah. We'll take that's, that. what, that's what I figured. But yeah, just uh, as always, um, you know, there's so much great stuff that people are doing at the moment. And uh, I'm not surprised that the rock and metal scenes have really stood up to keep us all going through these strange old times as the cliche goes. Let's do the album of the week, lads. What do you reckon? Shall we? I'm all for it. We shall. We shall. Jonathan's keen because this was actually his idea to do this record. Uh, This is an album by Secrets of the Moon called Black House. It's out on Friday via Lupius Lounge. Um, And this is a band who... I mean, this, is, this isn't an uncommon story in the extreme metal scene, is it? This is essentially a black metal band that have really evolved over their recent albums and now sound like, while still retaining a lot of the spirit that they carried in the first place, they sound like quite a different proposition now, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they, you, could, you could hear like the, the seeds of it in the last album, Sun. I think it came out in 2015, I think it was. Um, where, yeah, they're always like a very much... I mean, it's always like a very spiritual idea of black metal, which was never like in any way orthodox. It was very, it's also kind of very stripped down, kind of uh, not sounding like um, uh, satirical, but just that kind of kind of clinical sound to it, like very stripped down. But, um, but there's something really um, spiritual about it at the same time. And yeah, the sun came out and at the same, at the same time, like, you know, in the wake of, uh, grave pleasures. Suddenly, a lot of goth and post-punk elements were coming into the underground scene, um, and but every band who did it did it in their own way. And but uh, Sun was really um, uh, special in its own right, and but it still had these kind of black metal elements to it. Um, the new album, they've gone full bore into the kind of gothic realm, like gothic rock realm, um, mm. and left every bit of black metal behind there's no black metal riffs there's, there's no it's it's kind of all more clean vocals mm. uh none of the harsh harsh vocals that they've used before and it feels like this is what they've always been driving towards because it's such a rich involving album that just takes all the elements that they've been reaching for and just it feels like they've all come to fruition on this and it took a little while for me to get my head around it when i first heard it because uh, I was missing some of the black and metal elements, like the kind of the thrust and the sudden shifts of pace and the energy. And it took me a little while to get into this album in its own right, even though I recognise the elements from the previous, from Sun. But the more I play it, the more obsessed I am with it and the more I get into it in its own, in its own world that's kind of created. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I had not really listened to this band properly, and um, I listened to this album first, which is the order you said to not really do it in. But um, <clears throat> it certainly wasn't what I was uh, what I was expecting. It, it really does lean heavily into that kind of more gothic ambient realm, um, but it's still like it's still quite rocking. It's still kind of heavy in a slightly different way, and um, immediately you can kind of see where the touch points are from where they've come from as well, even if they're not as present on this album. And then when you go back a bit, you can kind of definitely hear the journey that it's taken them to. But I thought this is a great record, man. It wasn't quite what I was expecting. I do find it so interesting just how this kind of more gothic influence has just completely taken over the underground from, um, yeah, like you said, uh, oh, that band that I, whose name I've forgotten that you literally just referenced. Great Pleasures. Great Pleasures, yeah. Beast, well, you know, it's when they were Beast Milk. Yeah, Beast Milk was what I was thinking, yeah. So, yeah, got Beast yeah. Milk slash Grave Pleasures. Um, Ulva as well, gone down that road. Obviously, Tribulation are a big um, part of that whole thing as well at the moment. Idle um, Hands, I've got this really 80s. Like, they mix, they mix like, 80s, like, goth sounds with New Wobham, and somehow they, it absolutely fits completely. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, there's, you know, there's, there were a lot of other, you know, bands like Continuum and... Uh, there's a band on Relapse called Publicist UK going down, um, like crust bands like Occultocrati had a had their previous album, you know, was really having that post-punk element. You can hear it in bits of the new, the saved album when it finally comes out. You can hear it in everywhere. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It, it's kind of almost like biomorphic resonance. It's not like everyone's looking over their shoulders and on there saying they're doing this, I'm doing this. It's, there's, there's just something in the air at the moment. Mm. And, and uh, each band seems to be expressing it in its own right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a, it's a really, really great record. Um, oh, yeah, it's quite an interesting reaction to this. You said when you listened to it. Well, I listened to the one, the previous record first. Remember that was called Jonathan about the sun. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to that one um, previously, and uh, I didn't actually realise. Um, I'd listened to it a couple of years back and totally forgotten about it. it was that back in two thousand and fifteen, and. Um, first of all, I was like, oh, I'm not sure about his vocals. I'm not sure about the black metal. But then that sort of dissipated and it just became more of like this, the gothic feel that you were talking about. And his voice sounded quite a bit like David Berry in places. Um, but it, it made me feel quite depressed and quite sad. And I was saying to Jonathan this morning, after I listened to that record, I actually went and had a little lie down for five minutes. I was like, I feel a bit sad now. I just need to have a little bit of alone time. <laughs> but then I listened to um, the new one. And I think for me, the move away from the black metal and the move away into goth um, is a good one when it comes to what my tastes are, because it, that's I prefer sort of the gothic sound to the black metal sound. And there's a lot on this record. It sort of starts a bit like twinkly and goth and there's sort of that wash of guitars. But then there are things, like you said, sort of rockier bits. The title track has a cool guitar solo bit on it um, that works really, really well. Um, Don't Look Now is super cool. It's got some uh, female vocals on it. I think they said it was a... They've got another band on that record. Is it pronounced it Dolch? I'm not quite sure. Dolk, yeah. Dolk. Um, I thought that was really cool and that re reminded me quite a bit of like The Cure but also Typo Negative which are obviously very different bands there's sort of the 80s goth feel or the 90s goth feel um, but then also like I think it was just there were maybe some piano parts or something that were a bit like Typo I've just written Typo Negative down mm -hmm. um, it kind of just made me think of like how it was drawing on um, goth 
the goth feel but from different types of bands and from different different sort of all the sounds all linked to each other but they're quite diverse and then it did make me feel a bit sad as well again maybe it's just my mood and then but I googled one of the song titles I think you pronounce it Cotard C-O-T-A-R-D and uh, you know that you know guys I like to look into the lyrics so I googled what that meant here we go that was <laughs> lyrical corner it means I think Cotard delusion, which is a rare condition, also called walking corpse syndrome. It's marked by the false belief that you or your body parts are dead, dying or don't exist. It usually occurs with severe depression or some psychotic disorders. So if that's what they're referring to, that is pretty goth. It's literally walking corpse syndrome where you think part or whole of your body is dead or dying. And I was like, maybe that's why this record made me feel a bit sad. (laughs) (laughs) I get what you mean, like there's sadness in the records uh, and it does feel like they're coming out of something into something else. But that was always the way with goth music, you know, it was always like going in for darkness to find illumination. And so there was always this kind of, you know, especially in 80s goth, there was always this kind of playoff between this kind of really luminous and radiant guitar sound and the sense of being lost in the woods or being sequestered somewhere. And, you know, you, you have to kind of go into the dark to find illumination and that's and they and they really sound like they're on they're on a quest but i, I feel like this one they, they've got the all those sounds i remember like from even back, even lesser known bands like balam and the angel from the 80s um but but it sounds they sounds like they've got more on the luminous side rather you know a lot of go back to a lot of 80s goth it sounds like they're, they're trembling away in a in a um in like a, in a cupboard somewhere but this this is really it's kind of really panoramic and it feels like they're on a quest and the more i listen to uh, black house the more i kind of forget the form and just get lost in the kind of emotional dynamics of it which are really potent and and you know it's very much what they've always been about like seeking for enlightenment you know mm. knowing, that it comes at a, knowing that it comes at a cost and that you know that concentrate of like yeah just like going to somewhere unbidden but seeking knowledge and but it, but it feels like it's here is done on really personal terms. But also, you know, when it comes to the music, they really know their shit. And when you know your and when you know your shit to that extent, it allows you to forget it. Like it's not just it's not it's not a pastiche. It's not a parody. Like it's really all that kind of stuff is like really living and breathing mm-hmm. through them. It did feel very real listening to it. I know what you mean mm-hmm. about the sort of questing. And some of the songs feel like little tiny narratives of their own as well, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, there, there, is, a, there is a kind of a, a general sort of concept to it of these kind of nine arcane artifacts hidden within this house and how they all kind of connect together. But yeah, there is that sense of the arcane in there, which um, always was a kind of a goth thing. But it's just, yeah, it's just, there's, it totally resonates with where they've always come from and you know where where they've gone musically now i feel i enjoyed it a lot I'm d- it's definitely something that i'm going to go back to and revisit and spend some time just in yeah me too it's a great album um highly recommend you guys check it out uh secrets of the moon black house out this friday um big week for kind of underground and extreme metal for sure we also got a winter for the album out this week a Nagelfar album out this week as well loads of good stuff for you to get into and uh, check out on friday uh we're going to take some reader questions now from our lovely friends over at facebook.com slash readers uh sam welch asks what artist and album 
do you feel should one day go into the Mount Hummer Podcast Hall of Fame? But you're going to have a tough time convincing others. And then he had stay safe. Oh, thanks, Sam. You stay safe too. Um, so obviously we do the Mount Hummer Podcast Hall of Fame every so often. So far we've got Slipknot self-titled album in there. We've got Antichrist Superstar in there. We've got Seven Son of a Seven Son in there. What other albums uh, in particular do you think should get in there that maybe the rest of us wouldn't agree with? <laughs> what are you going to be going to bat for? Um, well, bear in mind uh, that I am one of the two people on the planet who likes um, Morbid Angels' Illid album, you know, the electronic one that everybody hates. I think, I think me and Dom are the only two people on the planet who likes that, and that's if you include the band, because I'm sure none of them actually like it either. <laughs> but, um, but, so I'm used to, you know, I will defend that album, not to my death, but, you know, <laughs> to, to agrees at least. But, um, okay, but for me, I think, I would say Ritual Dolly Bitchell by James Addiction. You're obsessed with that record. I am. It's one of the greatest records ever made. But do you I not know. think that other people would choose that record to put in the Hall of Fame or do you think they'd pick a different one? Uh, I mean, they haven't done that many albums. They've done, well, they've done what, four out, like four, four albums and a, and a kind of a live, live one. So really? I mean, you could choose between that and nothing shocking. And they've both got great songs, but... Um, Rituals and Habitual for me is just like, yeah, it's one of, my, if I, it's one of the five albums I would take to uh, a, a desert island. Wow. And it's so unique, like, so rocks out, in, like, uh, one of my favourite writers described it as said, it rocks out in 360 degrees, but it's such a celebration of perversity and, and um, it, you know, just kind of kaleidoscopic in nature and just, it just, record that makes me feel so happy just it's so liberating and you and no one can copy them because it's like it, there's certain bands where it's just like it's the sound of the inside of their head and i've only ever had one band try to sound like james diction and they failed miserably who but they, were, they were on road run i think they were i'm trying to remember what they were called Something anyone like, you're gonna say anyone anyone yes that was it yeah and um they, they were like i liked anyone by the way yeah, they, they, they just did the one album, but but no one else would even dare to do what James Addiction do because you don't have Perry Fowler's brain. Wow, you know. yes, yeah, really, really unique band, um, and that's kind of a funny one. A lot of their peers went on to kind of cross over into the mainstream a bit. They never really did, so there's still this kind of cult band, I guess, but a massive one. Yeah, um, well, now, and they're also very much like this kind of mutation on West Coast rock. Mm. Uh, you know, you listen to them and it's like. You know, they're on um, the kind of, you can, you can see them in the background in the kind of Western civilization. And they totally came from that. And they totally did this kind of totally mutoid, um, not binary sexuality version of it. Of it. And it, yeah, it was just like someone once said, you know, magic's not black and white, magic is colorful. And that was the best example of that I've ever come across. Wow, fair play. I um, want to go listen to it now. <laughs> Uh, Tim, yeah, it's just it's fantastic. Every 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 song, and 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 the, both sides are very different, but they still completely completely connect. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of big bands that we would sort of do for the Hall of Fame, and um, we've talked about this before, so it's not going to be a surprise. But I put Ramstein self-titled in, but I think a lot of people would pick other records. So we should definitely do that as a Hall of Fame and see what which ones people want to debate. There'd be two records and we'd debate them. Would it even get in that list? I don't I know. I would be very surprised if it got in there. Well, actually, I wouldn't, not because it's not a fucking brilliant album. I just think sometimes fans of a certain age um, 
nostalgia is such an overwhelmingly powerful thing i think it's hard to get people to kind of consider modern stuff as in that same bracket and who knows maybe i'd change my mind during the course of the conversation because that has happened (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny you say that because i was thinking about that kind of thing as well i mean i was a bit sad that hollywood didn't even make it into the sad but not surprised that hollywood didn't make it into the running for marilyn manson um but i was thinking like trivium if i had like it's so hard to not argue that ascendancy could be the album that should get into a hall of fame for them because it just did so much for them and it was a landmark metal release for the scene at the time but to me it's not even in my top three trivium albums um and i think that'll be a really hard call to decide which one actually is the best uh Avenged sevenfold as well i feel like most people would probably go for city of evil maybe the self-titled but i'd be waking the fallen all day long um and Gajira as well, because Magma was my favourite thing they've ever done. But I don't know if a lot of Gajira fans... I, think every, I don't think anyone disliked that album at all. But I don't know if many Gajira fans quite felt like it was their magnum opus. But for me, it was, it was my favourite thing Gajira have ever done. So yeah, that would get my vote just based off that. I don't I know. Th- I feel like Magma's got a really strong case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I do. As a, fan, as a fan of them and as a fan of Wales. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. The mammals, not the... Um... Hey, the country's great too. Uh, Elle, do you want to take the next question? I just want to say I would like I, I could probably make a case for slow, deep, and hard for type of negative. Oh wow, that would be a, a outside shout. Yeah, I was obsessed with that record. Absolutely obsessed with that record on so many levels. I uh, just it was so a it was, it's kind of a, it was revolutionary in its own right, but also it was talking about things that a lot of people were talking about at the same time, uh, like it kind of you know about masculinity and difficulties of masculinity and so it was it was was totally unique but it was also catch again catching something in that was in the air because you had bands like um i think we talked about this on a you know a piece about new york i think or i wrote about something about you know new york where it's like bands like prong but also bands like uh afghan wigs were talking about masculinity and uh, so deep. Uh, not, uh, River runs red by um, uh, by I Life. It's also like for me a really important album. And you know, I kind of listened to those records in my adolescence when um, you know, you're dealing with your own masculinity and everything else like that. And they were really important kind of growing up records. Just um, so deep in the hard was by far the most brutal mm. out of all of those on just so many levels. It's yeah, it's yeah. But it was a uh, it was an intense experience. Amazing. Uh, oh, let's do the next question, shall we? Uh, where did we get up to? Ben I need a second one. <laughs> ben Wilmot asks, what live streams or concerts being uploaded have you been watching? Slipknot a download, Metallica Mondays, Genesis on Saturdays, and that Pink Floyd Pulse one for me. Yeah, all about Metallica Mondays. It's been my favourite thing, just clocking in and checking out a few of those. Um, love the Cavellatat one a few weeks ago that Elle and I talked about. That was great. Um, I know Elle watched the Papa Roach one the other week as well. That was like 25 hours long. <laughs> it was over three hours. It wasn't actually a concert. It was them talking about Infest with various special guests. It was good, but it was, wow, super long. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I saw some of the Code Orange one, which kind of kickstarted a lot of this, which was great. Um, I mean, Elle and I are big fans of Heafy's work on Twitch as well. Um, like sometimes clocking, he's on it like every damn day. So I'm just occasionally clocking in. Like, what's Matt Heafy up to today? <laughs> uh, 
Devin Townsend started doing more stuff on Twitch as well. And he's done his three gigs, the quarantine series, one for Vancouver, one for New York, one for the NHS, all benefiting hospitals in those countries. So I've been, I watched the first couple of two on YouTube because I couldn't get tickets, but I got tickets for the New York one. So I watched that live on Saturday night and that was really good. It was like um, just a really brilliant set that went from the extreme quiets to the extreme louds and all three gigs he's done at his home studio in Vancouver with a setup of different cameras he's rigged up to an Xbox controller and he has debris in the background like toilet rolls at the first gig he did he had um, his octopus which I was obviously very happy about so it's quite nice to see that good vibe and good chat as well lots of Devon fans are all very friendly to each other you know Mm. I don't think I've ever met a horrible Devon fan Sure, I enjoyed the. Uh, I think they're going to do these on a regular basis now. But I enjoyed the uh, Twin Temple stream. I thought it was going oh, to be yeah. uh, I, the whole backdrop. I mean, it was so camp, but in a real fifties camp way. Uh, and there was it was a lot of kind of Q and A, and um, yeah, she was really camping it up. But she's but she's she's really funny in you know in full character and um, yeah, really you know, like improvisationally funny as well. Uh, yeah. I only played the one song, but um, it was just, it was just, uh, yeah, just getting into their world and the whole, and, you know, they've done a lot of work on the backdrop and all the lighting, the green and red lighting to give it that kind of special kooky, you know, horror feel as well. And did a, did a, did a ritual. Uh, yeah, they're great. Just casually did a ritual. Did a ritual. Yeah, they, yeah there was, it wasn't, didn't do a very, you, yeah, they're not the kind of people to do rituals casually. But, <laughs> no, they're awesome. And yeah, you're right, Alexandra is a brilliant, uh, like front women and, and just personality in general. Jonathan, yeah. do you want to read out the next question? Yeah, so this is from Matt Grimster. Um, I really hope that's his real name. Uh, it says, <laughs> it's great that Bloodsuck has managed to carry over most of its lineup to 2021, but unfortunately it looks like Bearmoth won't be headlining anymore. Who would be a worthy band to take their place? I've got Hi. one big answer and it's a very different vibe. Oh. Ghost. <laughs> Oh, that's an obvious one. Of course, you would say that. I didn't say it wasn't obvious, but you know, <laughs> they are. They've had long before. They're even bigger now than they were. Significantly so, I'd say. In fact, um, and it's a very different vibe. I mean, it's still. I mean, it's kind of got some of the same vibes, but communicated in a very different way these days. Well, you know, they both have mitres. Yeah, yeah. good point. Good point. The hats. Yeah. The uh, funny religious hats. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to do sort of like for like, and I think they could probably do it, I'd like to see Watain headline. Like after 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 that, uh, when the headlines Bloodstock on the Sophie stage, and just how absolutely immense and just just put the rest the entire rest of the festival in the shade. Um, I think they I think they could step up to the main stage. Uh, it That'd be a big step up going from headlining the tent to headlining the main stage. Yeah, but I think I. I you know, I think they can pull it off. I just think you know that it's not like they don't have like the, the stage gear or the presence um, to do it. And uh, just yeah, hearing some of those songs on in the open air like that, I mean, would just be absolutely incredible. For sure. El, any uh, personal preferences on who could replace Behemoth? I mean, I don't know, know for a fact Behemoth aren't playing, but they, you know, it's currently to be confirmed, I believe. Yeah, there's tons of bands I'd like to see who've done it before, like Gajira did it and stuff. But 
Um, I was thinking it'd be cool to see Trivium do it again because they did it off the back of Silence in the Snow and it'd be nice to see now them doing it off the back of Sin and Sentence and What the Dead Men Say to hear all the new songs. Definitely. I think it would feel a lot more um, triumphant and fitting if they did it off the back of this album cycle. Definitely back that. Uh, Alistair Belling says, do you think the success of Five Finger Death Punch outside of the US is going to lead to... lead to a resurgence of alternative slash monster truck metal <laughs> in the same way that new metal seems to have come back into the broader scheme of things lately has it i don't know about that yeah, yeah. like ocean grove um right well but he's i think he's talking about he's talking about oh, older bands one of older bands coming back so he says is there a chance that you could start seeing bands like chevelle breaking benjamin godsmack etc rock up at downloads i hope not <laughs> I feel like it's such an American vibe. It's sort of like driving through America on a road and listening to American rock radio. It's just I don't even know if those bands really got very big here first time around. Never like they do. Were, Never. They're all kind of like mentioned at the same time as new metal bands. I remember like Chevelle's name and like Godsmack's name being mentioned in sort of the early two thousands, but I don't remember people like going mad for them or anything. Godsmack's Awake album is actually quite good. I've still got that because they were totally marketed as a new metal band or certainly just kind of a slightly post-new metal band. Obviously, where they've gone since is very different. But though, these bands are fucking massive in the States and across North America generally. Like I, I saw Godsmack in Florida. In fact, I saw them do Chicago open air and I saw them do uh, Welcome to Rockville the next year, I think. And the, the size of the crowd they pulled was ridiculous. Like it, it was like download headliner size. Absolutely mental. Um, I mean, I'm not into those bands. And to be honest, I think Five Finger Death Punch are so much better than any of those bands. I actually think it's a bit of an insult to them to compare them to those bands because, you know, I've got nothing against any of those other guys, but I don't think any of them have written songs with quite as much kick and just catchiness to them as Five Finger have. I think they're by far the best out of those bands. But that said... If, you know, um, metal slash hard rock bands are all going to start getting bigger over here again, I support that really because I think rock music being big is never a bad thing. It will ultimately uh, helps out the scene, I think. Anyway, that's my belief. I agree with you. More bands, the better. And the more that rock and metal are in the mainstream, the better. Yeah, exactly. But Godsmack, get Godsmack massive again. Put them on the main <laughs> stage at Downloads and then put something better on the second stage so I can go watch it. That'd be perfect. Uh, finally, Scott Sitampel says, hope you're all doing well. Cheers, Scott, you too, mate. Um, what will be the first thing you do once this is all over? Scott says he plans to go on a date. Oh, that's cool. date Or just, is he going to try and find a date? Or... <laughs> just go out on one and see what happens. <laughs> hey, I take myself out on dates sometimes. That's all right. Good luck with your date, Scott. Yeah. Um, what, what do you, what's the first thing that you guys... Uh, and well, let's imagine a world where this is all firmly over and we're in a world where it's not, it's not kind of slowly rolled back. We're at the point now where life is, quote unquote, slightly normal again, where you can go and do stuff just about like we, we're used to. What would be the first thing you'd do? Well, my friend posted a picture this morning of all of us in the park having a picnic and even though that sounds a bit twee and not metal, I'd really like to go to the park with my friends and have a big picnic with a load of food, a load of drink, and running around and being silly. That'd be really nice in the sunshine. That would be nice. And I'd also like to go to an ice cream shop 
and buy myself a nice big ice cream. <laughs> Obviously. I think uh, doing something like a picnic will hopefully be one of the ones things as kind of safe to be able to start rolling back. Hopefully going for like a socially distant picnic will be one of the things that we could maybe do at some point. Totally. Like even speculating, sit, obviously, but even if you have to sit a few meters apart or something, if it's in a big park, hopefully it's not going to be too crazy to be able to do that. Yeah. Hopefully. What about you, Jonathan? I'm going to run down to the black heart in Camden and have the biggest fucking party ever. Yeah. Yeah. Can we they're, come? They're going to they're like put on loads of Judas Priest and ACDC and Motorhead. And they've got amazing drinks and uh, great people behind the bar and great people in front of the bar. That's, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do, do the next heavy load, which is a, like a couple of plays like late 60s, 70s, kind of funky rock and dance my ass off. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm just, just going to just go and see loads of friends and just give them the world's biggest hug and just go fucking men- go absolutely fucking mental. <laughs> I want to come to the Black Heart and go mental with you. Yeah. We will get there. It will it will happen. We don't know when and we don't know how, but at some point we will uh, we will all be able to do this kind of stuff again. I'm definitely looking forward to be able to go into bars, go into gigs. I mean the first gig will feel just incredible. The first festival even more so. Um, and also slightly different vibe because this isn't actually a very it's not anything really to do with being social but i'm really looking forward to be able to take myself to the cinema on a weeknight and just buy a massive bag of pick and mix and just sit in the cinema and enjoy a film on a big screen i actually really miss doing that so i'm very looking forward to that as well um and it will all come round again at some point but in the meantime we're going to keep chatting about all the awesome stuff that's going on in metal so much great music coming out this year still to come and we'll be right here to talk about it every single week don't worry guys we ain't going anywhere yet uh, this has been the Metal Hammer Podcast. <laughs> it's a very dramatic sign-off. This has been the Metal Hammer Podcast, episode 114. Goodbye from me. Goodbye, Merlin. Goodbye, Jonathan. And it's goodbye from them. <laughs> very good. Cheers, everybody.